Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Spirit of Grace Church. I'm so glad that you're joining us here on this Wednesday evening, and I pray that God's blessings are upon you. We're thankful for what God is doing in the lives of his people, and uh, it's just a great day to be living for God. I know that there's turmoil all around, but uh, God chose us to be in this this time, and, and uh, who knows, God is probably using all of us in some way, shape, or form to allow his kingdom to flourish. And tonight I want to speak to you and share with you just a little bit from my heart out of 2 Peter chapter 1, 2 Peter chapter 1. I want to talk to you a little bit about following Jesus. I believe that he wants us to follow him. He wants us to walk after him. He wants us to be a little bit more like him. Um, but here's what we often try to do. We try to put ourselves before what Jesus does. And so I want to share some things that Jesus does for us before we can even follow him. And when we get it out of order and we try to do it on our own, it uh, we fall far short. So 2 Peter chapter 1, verse number 3, it says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire for this very reason Make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue. And, and then it goes on on the things that we can add. And, and you can read that a little bit later. I want to stop uh, at the point of 5A, if you will, for this very reason, make every effort. But uh, we like talking about effort. We like trying to serve God and live for God and follow him uh, in our own strength, and our own understanding, but I believe that God is trying to say to somebody tonight, stop trying to figure this thing out on your own and stop trying to do it in the flesh when God has already done some things for us, and uh, we want to share what some of those things are. First of all, I want you to notice right off the bat in verse 3 that it's His divine power. His divine power has granted. He's already given it. Why do we trust him for eternal life or our conversion or our entrance to heaven, if you will, and yet we try to follow him on a day-to-day -day basis in our own power and in our own strength? Why do we say that there's no way that we can be everything that God wants us to be unless we allow him to do it, and yet the very next thing we're trying to figure out how to pay the bills and how to reach the lost and how to manage uh, all of the different uh, items of life that are flying into our pathway. God's already granted it to us in his divine power. He's the only one that can make sense out of everything that's going on. I, I, I'm sorry, there's, there's just no way that anybody's going to convince me that they can explain everything that's going on outside of the fact that God is still in control. And it's his divine power that has already granted to us. He's already done it. He's already worked it out. And we're going to share some of the things that he's already done with that divine power. But it's his power first. 
we try to put our effort in after we, you know, it's easy for us to come to the conclusion before our conversion experience that there's no way that I can save myself. There's, I, I'm not good enough. I don't have the right mentality. I don't have the right spirit or the right ability. And so I've got to rely 100% on the Lord to save me. But once he touches my body, once he raises me up and gives me the energy to begin to move, why do I revert back to trying to figure out how to follow him in my own power? I want to challenge somebody today, reach for his divinity, reach for his deity, reach for his power that is of divine nature because he's already granted it to us. Uh, to do number two, and that is he grants us all the things that pertain to life and godliness. He's giving us, has already given us everything that we need for our life and for our godliness. He, he didn't just do it on the cross. See, sometimes we get this mentality that because the cross is so important, and don't get me wrong, the cross is vital the cross is the, the, the fulcrum of history, if you will, and, and everything before the cross looked forward to the cross, and the things after the cross, we look back to it. I, I believe in the power of the cross. But he, the, the div divine power has granted us, he, he's given us what we need to become alive and to become godly and, and to become what he wants us to become, and he didn't just do it at the cross. He does it every minute of every day. He'll do it. Paul said it this way. I, I can't remember the passage, but it just kind of came to me now. But Paul said to the Galatians, I believe it was, that that which is started by the Holy Spirit cannot be finished by flesh. That which, when we were born again, that was a Holy Spirit performance. It had nothing to do with us. I couldn't make myself come alive. I couldn't resurrect myself. I couldn't bring upon myself eternal life. It's all done by him. And if it was all done by him and his spirit, that means it can only be finished. I can't go into my flesh and try to finish this thing. I can't put the A's and the B's and the C's all together to make up nice words. I've got to be able to allow the divine power that he's granted in me and given to me to supply the things of life and to supply the act that makes me godly. And when I'm able to do that, all of a sudden I see things from a different perspective and I become more like him. But yet we put our effort in and we try to do what we're going to do and we're going to we're going to fast more and we're going to pray more and we're going to read the bible more and we're going to witness more and we're going and don't get me wrong all of those things are good but he's already given to us or granted to us everything that we need for life and for godliness life is that which is abundant it's that life-giving force it's that eternal life here on earth now before we ever go when the trumpet sounds but godliness is being his ambassador Godliness is representing his character. Godliness is allowing people to see him in us. He's already done that, so stop trying to figure it out and stop uh, start allowing him just to flow through us. Praise God. I hope that makes sense because then it goes on in the scripture, through the knowledge of him who has called us. That word knowledge here becomes an obstacle to us 
especially those in Western thinking, if you will, the Western thought process. Because the Western thought process uh, leads us to believe that knowledge comes through study. Uh, can I just tell you that there are millions of people that are deeply in debt trying to learn more about a subject because they didn't think that they would be worthy to find a position in life without having that university degree or that doctorate or that, and don't get me wrong, I'm a pro-education person, but I have to also be realistic and look at things and say, it's not about how much you can sit in a classroom and study and learn, but the concept of knowledge in scripture has much more to do with experiencing the relationship with Jesus than it does having the book knowledge of Jesus. There's a lot of people, even historians, that can tell you all kinds of things about Jesus, but they haven't had the experience of being in his presence, of being overwhelmed by the power and the anointing of his hand. And, and it's through those experiences. It's the reason why Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, that I might know him in the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of his sufferings. Because the more I know him, we get tied up on the the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. But the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings for Paul was a means to get to know Christ. I want to know him better. And the only way that I can know him better isn't just to read about him, isn't just to memorize scripture, but to, for me to get to know him better, I need to experience what he suffered. I need to experience what he conquered. I need to experience how he thinks. I need to experience, I want his compassion to be birthed in me so that I can become more like him because I know him better. And when I know him better, I receive him better because I understand what he sees in me. Because he sees me experiencing everything that he experienced. The difference is, is he didn't sin and I probably have. <laughs> and so he looks at us and the Bible says, while we were yet sinners, he died for us. He loves us so much. So why do we get to this place where it's just about gathering information instead of gathering experience. Can I just tell you, experience is, is really an expressed act. When you begin to express the things of God in your life, you begin to interact with him. It's the reason why we challenge you to worship. It's the reason why oftentimes when we're in the pulpit, we encourage you to raise your hands or to lift your voice because it is a means of experiencing the presence of God. Jesus, the, or not Jesus, the Bible says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Well, how can you taste him until you're willing to partake with him? And how can you partake of him if you're not willing to experience him? And so he's given us through his divine power all the things that pertain to life and godliness, and he gives it through a, an experience with him, a knowledge of him in all his ways. But then notice it, what it is. Um, he, he has called us to his own glory and excellence. Wow. You see, 
he touches us with glory and excellence. Such is the, the weight of his presence and the embrace of his goodness or his excellence. When you begin to experience him, He's already given us the things that we need for life. But as we experience him, we sense the weight of who he is. Now, listen, if I had all of the capabilities and all the characteristics of God and I was in your presence, you would sense a regal anointing in your presence. And yet we can we, we don't need a human being to do that. We sense him in our spirit tonight. We have a knowledge of him, an experience with him. We've been in the presence of God. Oh my, when we sense it on a Sunday or a Wednesday or a uh, uh, chain breakers or a men's or women's, whenever prayer time, and we sense the presence of God, move, you can sense the atmosphere changing. You can sense the expectancy level changing. Why? Because God is giving us a little bit of his own glory and his excellence. I don't know what that does for you, but for me to recognize the awesomeness of the presence of God and to realize that while we're in that presence, we are really walking in heavenly places with him. We are moving in the supernatural. We are operating in, in what God, in the presence of God. I know we quote it all the time, and sometimes it just becomes something that we quote. But where it says, two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of him. That means the presence of Almighty God, the Creator, is among us. And we feel the heaviness and the awesomeness of his excellence and his power and his presence. And that is a life-changing experience to be in that presence. He's so powerful. He's so anointed. He, he's so overwhelming at times. It blows our minds. But he already has given it to us. So why not? Why not just get lost in it and embrace it? And then notice here, he has also granted us his precious and very great promises. You know, sometimes we get hung up on well, I know we've gotten hung up on uh, heaven. Uh, I, I've been saying it a lot in recent months, but heaven is not my destiny. It's my destination. My destiny is Jesus. And uh, he's got so much more for us here in this world, here in this life, that I don't have to wait to get. Now, don't get me wrong. Heaven's going to be amazing. The song gets it right. I can only imagine what it's going to be like when we gather in his presence in the unfiltered glory of God where we can be consumed with praise and worship around his throne and we can interact with him in person and all of those and, and, and there won't be any more bills and heartaches and sorrow and all that stuff that we give uh, credit to heaven. But Jesus doesn't want us to wait till heaven to access his promises. There are promises that he has given us. He has promised us peace. He has promised us rest, not just when the trumpet sounds. Now, today, in 2022, he has promised us hope. 
He has promised that he would be the truth, that he would be the way, that he would be the life, that he would never leave us nor forsake us, that he would not reject us. He said nothing would separate us. Those are promises that we have the ability and the availability to embrace today. My challenge to you tonight is don't wait for heaven to gather and embrace the promises of God. Grab them right now. He's in the midst of our presence even now. I know we're on the airwaves, but I believe wherever you're watching this, if you'll just reach out to him, he's as close as the mention of his name. Just whisper Jesus and he is right there and you will sense him and you will experience him and the promises of God, the Bible says are yea and amen and he will be there to meet your need. He will be there to embrace you. He will be there to give you comfort. He will be there to take your yoke and give him yours or give you his. I mean, and his yoke is easy. His burden is light. He will give you water for the thirsty. He will give you a rest for the weary. He will give you anointing for the called. He will give you all the things that you need right now. We don't need to wait for heaven to come. Heaven is already here. Even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly, I pray. Lord, we pray uh, your our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done now in earth as it is already done in heaven. I pray that somebody would shake themselves from praying for the rapture, waiting for the rapture, being concerned with the end times, being concerned with all of the reports. Yes, they're all springing up all over and the coming of the Lord could be shortly and the trumpet of God could come soon. But my friend, he's got it right here for us. We don't have to wait to access heaven until the trumpet sounds. Oh, what a day that's gonna be. But right now, I, sen I sense it right now in the office as it's just me and the computer screen and I'm sharing with you the word of the Lord. I sense his anointing and his presence and he's already done it for us. It's right here. You just need to reach out and embrace it and take those promises. I like what he also says here. He says this, so that through those promises, you may become partakers of the divine nature this obviously cannot refer to heaven because later in the passage, it tells us what we need to add to the things of life. We, we read it a little bit later, uh, to your faith, virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self control Those are present day commands or directives. So being partakers of the divine nature isn't simply when we get to heaven, but we can partake in his divine nature right now. We are a part of God's family right now. I know we're situated on earth, but we have access to the presence of God now because the veil was rent in twain from top to bottom and we can approach boldly into the throne room of grace now. We don't have to wait until heaven until we partake of the good things of God here on the on the earth. It goes hand in hand with the promises. Not only are you receiving the promises of him always being there, but he has placed and planted in us things of divinity that can encourage us, that can change us, that can transform us, 
that can guide us. He can be our helper and our comforter. Oh my, what a powerful promise and an opportunity that you have to be partakers of his divine nature. You have already put on immortality. The reason why we struggle so much is because our mortality is fighting with our immortality. Our corruption is fighting with our incorruption. There's a battle going on between those two entities because divinity has already been planted in us. Uh, eternity has already been planted in us and it's trying to rise up even now. And when the trumpet comes, that which is corruptible will become totally incorruptible. That which is mortal will become totally immortal. But until that day, we have an earnest of inheritance of his presence and his spirit and his divinity in us. And we can partake of the blessings of God. I don't know how people have a desire to live without reaching all of what God has for them. God has so much. Why do we sell ourselves short and settle for mediocre when God has all of heaven at his disposal to give to us even now? Praise God. We can attain some of his attributes. They can be planted in us. Remember, this is all being done by his divine power at the start of verse 3. His divine power triggers all of these things in us. This isn't about what we can do. This is about what he's already doing in us. And so we escape that corruption even here. It's, we learn to walk in heavenly places even here. We can sense the anointing glory of God even here. The power of Almighty the Almighty Lord can rest in your in your living room, in your kitchen, in your car, at work, walking down the street, at the grocery store, wherever you are, you have access to him. Praise God. So now I said all of that, those are seven things. Those are seven things. His divine power he gives to us. And he grants to us everything that pertains to life and godliness. That's him doing it. He, he, through the knowledge of him, he gives us the experience and we are called by his own glory and his own uh, great promises and precious, or his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them we become partakers of his divine nature and we escape from the corruption that is in the world. Can I just tell you this? That word corruption is the eroding away. We can escape the eroding away of the things that are going on around us. I know that this world is on a downward slide, a downward slope, going away from the things of God. But we can escape that because of Jesus. Not only do I believe we can escape it, we can flourish in the midst of it. So while the world is heading in a free fall away from God, we can be elevated closer and closer to him as we journey in this life. What an opportunity that we have. And then last but not least, this is what I want you to see. It's for all of those reasons that we mentioned that was triggered by his divine power. For that reason, for that reason, he directs us to make every effort. Why do we try to do the things we do? Because of everything I talked about. If you're trying to get 
to where you're supposed to be on your own and every effort you're making is to do that. That's the wrong reason or motive for your effort. Your effort has to be, he's already done it all. He's given it to us. And now he's allowing us to walk it out. He's allowing us to, to step into the path, if you will, or into the way that he's designed, into the flow of the river that he's given us. And now we have the opportunity because of his divine power, because of all of his promises, because of his glory, because we can know him. All of those things should now trigger in us and motivate us to do the things that he desires. And here's the thing that you have to understand. When you make the effort to apply his things to your things, it will always come out well. But when you try to apply your things to God's things, you will always fall short. And so I'm encouraging somebody, make sure you get the first part of this message so that when you go to make an effort to follow him, you're doing so with his strength behind you and under you. And then it doesn't become your effort, so to speak. Your effort is simply to follow him, hold his hand and let him do all of the work on your behalf. Praise God. Listen, I, I know that some of this sounds difficult because we're not raised this way, especially in the Western culture. We're raised to earn our uh, whatever we our reward may be, whether it be, and, and I've used this term all the time, don't go into your boss and, and say, I want you to pay me my wage and then I'm going to work because it just doesn't work that way. You'll work and the hours that you work or whatever it is, they'll give you the money for it and pay you for what you've done. But God does it different. He gives all of the resources to you, and then we begin to operate in his goodness and in his plan. Praise God. Uh, my prayer for somebody tonight is simply this. Don't mistake where your effort should be placed. Allow the divine power of God to stir you, to mold you, to invigorate you, to give you the things we talked about, the things that pertain to life and godliness, the getting to the relationship with him, the experience with him, the, the promises that he has. for Get all of those together and focus in on those. And when you do, he'll ask you to do something. But as you do it, you will not be doing it in your own power, but the effort that you will be make will be based upon what he's already done in you and you will become successful in what he is asking of you. Praise God. I challenge you the rest of this week. Listen to his voice, call on him, grow in him. And then as you begin to work for him, let him work through you and see how much easier and more blessed it is. Praise God. Praise God. Uh, would you just bow your heads with me? And just a reminder to you, we'll be together uh, in person on Sunday, looking forward to what God has for you, looking forward to a great service. We're looking forward to three weeks from now on the 15th of May, we're going to have a baptism Sunday and a child and baby dedication Sunday. And so if any of those apply to you, you'd like to be baptized in his name. And or if you have a child that you want to be dedicated, you can just reach out to us. We'd be honored to be a part of those Things looking forward to many more people coming to know who he is because we are living in the greatest time of the church. 
This is the greatest day of the church, and I trust in God with everything. Would you just bow your heads with me? Lord, I'm praying now. Lord, there's so many here that are listening to this that I believe uh, with every good intention have been trying to do their best on their own power. Lord, they have twisted it and gotten it backwards. It's not about what we can do on our own. It's about what we do because your divine power has already moved in us. And I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, to lead and guide us the rest of this week. Lord, and in days and months to come, that you would lead us and allow us to follow you and our efforts would be propelled, Lord, by what you're already doing in us so that your kingdom would be accomplished. We'll be careful to give you praise and glory. I speak uh, the riches of Christ into the homes of your people tonight. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen. God bless you, and should the Lord tarry, we'll see you either Sunday or maybe next here, next Wednesday here over the internet. God bless you. We appreciate all of you. Have a blessed, blessed week.